Okay, we seem to be live. Thank you, everyone. Marvellous. I'm here, Tim Jones. Hi, this is Welcome. Welcome to the first Politoscope Ozpol live broadcast, where most days uh, members of the large, active and informed Ozpol community will create and present a live show. We'll be deep diving into various policy areas with politicians and policy experts. My name is Denise Shravel. You can find me on Twitter through, coincidentally, Denise Shravel, and of course, Politoscope Oz. Joining me today are some of the presenters of the live shows that we'll be doing, as I said, on a fairly regular basis. Welcome to Vic Mollison. Hello, Vic. Hi, how are you going? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I thought, oh, no, no one's there. Uh, welcome to Mel McCartney or Cartwright Mel, I think you tweet under. Uh, Cartwheel Print, yeah, that's Cartwheel correct. Cartwheel Print, sorry. Got it. <laughs> and, um, and to Tim Jones, who, uh, who tweets under Tim Jones. Hello, Tim. No, no, uh, uh, fourth left two. It's oh, my that's second right. account. I do apologise for that. <laughs> yeah. So welcome, yeah. everyone. Are you all settled and ready to go? Ready when you are. Ready when you are. Ready to go. Welcome to those who are joining us live. I really appreciate you supporting this very new initiative. Uh, You can type questions to us, give us some of your ideas, and we'll uh, try and respond during the show. So first of all, I'll come to each of you um, to talk about politics of the day. And of course, later on, we'll be talking about your shows and your plans, um, your plans for uh, the shows that you'll be presenting and hosting. Uh, But as I said, first of all, let's get into the politics of the day. Quite coincidentally, we're launching after we've had addresses at the National Press Club by Bill Shorten yesterday and Malcolm Turnbull today. Um, As we spoke about in the the pre, just before the show, um, I'm certainly reeling a little bit. So we'd love to talk in more depth about that. Of course, we've also this week had um, the asylum seeker issue with Trump. Uh, And this morning, uh, the donations, uh, political party donations was launched. So lots to get into. Uh, Vic, I'll come to you first, if you can just give us a little little bit of an update or some views on politics of the day, certainly um, also commenting on the National Press Club presentations. Yeah, so I'm watching Shorten yesterday was quite a um, pleasing experience because I really feel that they've done a lot of work in Labor on getting their narrative correct in terms of trying to position an economic policy um, to focus on jobs. And, I mean, obviously everybody wants jobs. Everyone um, knows how important a job is to them individually and their family and their community. But um, what Labor's saying is there are different paths to get jobs growth. Um, There is a major gulf between Shorten's way of doing this and Turnbull's way of doing this. And basically Shorten is suggesting... A strategy that works, whereas we're seeing Turnbull continue on with a lot of the same myth of neoliberal economics, which is that wealth trickles down when any credible economist will tell you that is just not so. I think that's a really good point, and I, one of the uh, one of the things that I think really frustrates me is when you know the ongoing media narrative of liberals are the better economic managers when any fact from any economist completely disproves that. Um, and I should first of all say um, that, you know, I, me personally, I'm not a Labor politician, Labor political supporter. I don't follow a party. I follow policy. Um, I really just want what's best for my country, for my community and my kids. Um, I think that's, you know, a really good point that you made there, there Vic. Um, Tim, I'll come to you now just to get your um, your views on on the... Politics of the well, day, maybe focusing a little bit on the National Press Club addresses that we've just heard. Sure. Well, yeah, I've been pretty uh, busy with the, uh, the National Press Club the last couple of days because it's been so hot, you know, and I, I'm working, I come inside and there it is. And so I came in this morning and there's Malcolm Turnbull whining about Labor, who was in uh, power uh, two terms ago. Um, and then he's talking about building coal-fired power station, expanding on, what do they call it, onshore gas, which mm-hmm. is, means poison poisoning the ground, building more power stations so that they can they can supply the energy to the manufacturing industries that he's just he and his party have destroyed, and uh, and everybody's sitting there at the NPC absolutely bored. You know how bored people get, and uh, and then a few Dorothy Dixes from the audience, and then uh, Bill Shorten. Compared to Bill Shorten, Bill Shorten was good, as I, I agree with Vic. Um, policy is good. Um, he's very, very good with questions and answers. Very good. 
Um, I'm, I have been critical and people have been critical of me for being critical of Bill Shorten for his, um, I, I described his uh, oratory style as someone who's uh, reciting Banjo Patterson, mm. <laughs> you know, and it's really off-putting and, and I'm not, I don't want to attack Bill Shorten, I really don't, even though he's a neoliberal and he believes in the same sort of policies that a lot of the libs do, really. You know, he's no, you know, he's he's no Bernie Sanders. But he's when, not a neoliberal. Well, okay. Well, I'll I'll look I'll look into that. But when um, what Labor needs is an advantage over the Libs. So if if our if the if Labor's speaker and like you know the opposition leader mm. is just as boring as Malcolm Turnbull in in a speech, then. It's not good enough. It's a bit like they say, you know, women need to be, you know, twice as good as a man to get the same job. Labor has to be twice as good as the Libs to get the same job. And that's that's my take on it. Um, I thought that Shorten really lifted in the Q&A part of his presentation yesterday, um, mm-hmm. whereas it was completely the opposite for Turnbull. I mean, Turnbull reads a good, reads a good speech um, that's written oh, yes, by yes. someone else. Um, and just really off the cuff is really leaves a lot to be desired, which is quite amazing considering that, you know, that again, the media narrative is that he's very erudite and good on his feet. Um, Vic, mm. if I can just come to you because you did sort of counter Tim a little bit there. The difference is believes that it's consumer spending in the market which creates jobs and that government intervention is not something that the economy should avoid. It is something that the economy should embrace. So whereas the Liberals will say hands off, government always hurts the economy, Labor's policies are that a good intervention in the economy by the government can help to create jobs, can help to increase wages, can help to make everybody better off. They are fundamental ideological economic differences. And the sooner that we stop saying that Labor and Liberal are just the same, and we start pointing out these fundamental differences in the way that they actually organise our economy, then we will understand that there is a ginormous difference between a vote for the Labor Party and a vote for the Liberal Party. And I think, you know, the frustration that I have is that media don't point that out. Um, They don't understand it because most of them are only interested in making it Labor versus Liberal. They don't understand that it's not Labor versus Liberal. It is two different ways to organise the economy. And if they if they framed it in that manner and we talked about their policies in that manner, it would become crystal clear. Okay, so why does it why does a tax cut not create jobs? Because there are not fifty million entrepreneurs out there in America waiting to open businesses in Australia, but will only do so if they can pay less tax. You you open a business in Australia if there are consumers who will buy your product. Why are there consumers who will buy your product? Because they have wages and conditions at work that give them consumer spending in order to do that. Shorten yesterday said the biggest problem for the economy is that it has had the lowest wage growth ever. And that okay, is typical. So we don't, have, we don't have wages in order to buy things. That is the fundamental problem with the economy. It's nothing to do with executives not having enough of a tax cut. It's to do with the workers on the ground not being able to afford to spend in the economy. And, and that it is sounds like you're talking about that typical trickle up versus trickle down, uh, which, yeah, is, it's know, not which a, to me yeah, is the fundamental exactly. difference. Uh, Tim, it's not actually a trickle up, it's a middle out. So it's trickle down for the Liberals and it's middle out for Labor. So it's making sure that people can have access to a lifestyle in which they can actually spend money. Yep, th- that makes sense. Tim, I'll give you a chance to counter it. Um, Sure. Yeah, I, 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 I was going to I was going to butt in and mansplain there, you know, because that's my specialty. Um, <laughs> look, I, I'm certainly not uh, um, down on Labor. I'm not saying that Labor and Liberal are just the same. Uh, I think there are people who see themselves as having economic training, who don't understand modern money. They don't understand uh, how the fish tank model of of uh, currency works. I think that Bill Shorten did indeed. I agree with Vic uh, speak to that yesterday. Now, one point, one key point that I will always point say is that Labor, even though it's got the fact that it supports the notion of a social democracy in its constitution, they never say it out loud. And and what most Australians don't understand is 
the reason why Australians have been so lucky in the past is because our government has been committed, even Menzies, to providing a social infrastructure that supports the well-being of its citizens. You know, and we, so that Labor needs to get up there, talk about social democracy. Mm. It talks. It needs to talk about a nation. It needs to talk about the the pride and the care taken for each of and the care taken for each citizen, and get these basic tenets going people's mind instead of it sounding more like an argument over the back fence, which is what Australian politics is at the moment. Thank you both for that support. Mel, we haven't got to you yet. Don't think don't think for a moment that I've forgotten you. I just really thought that they were good points to, to get straight into. So, Mel... I was patient. I was patiently very... waiting for them to finish, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well done. Mel, we will now give you your platform. Please talk, you know, did you see the National Press Club or indeed what else has really caught your eye on the, in the yeah, political I landscape? I did. I did. I um, just wanted to add to Vic, um, Vic Rollins, what she was saying there. Uh, in regards to the, this ridiculous trickle up, trickle down, uh, Reaganomics, come on, just think about that, Reaganomics, anyway, in there in itself, so it tells you everything. Um, Stephen Kukalas, or however you say the kook, um, oh, yeah. tweeted during, <laughs> thank you, I don't know how to say, uh, he tweeted during uh, Malcolm Turnbull's um, uh, NPC address um, this afternoon, and he pointed out that 235,000 new businesses started up in Australia in the new year or in the year to September 2016, despite the 30% tax rate. Now, we know that Turnbull most likely is going to use Trump as some form of leverage or we, we, we have to lower it because we've got to compete with America and all this sort of stuff. But right there in itself, it's rubbish. Uh, it's 235,000 new businesses, uh, despite the 30% tax rate. So I just wanted to just let you know about that too, Vic Olson. Um, That's a really good point. Thank you. Uh, in regards to Bill Shorten and the differences between them, Bill is definitely a more personable person. Uh, he gets out there. You can see it. Um, you can connect. You can relate. All of that. That goes in his favour. Having said that, I do agree with Timothy, well, Tim, in regards to his speech. He has gotten better. Um, but, uh, and, and again, going to not being able to see much of the differences. Vic, I hear what you're saying. If there is a way that we could reframe it, and stuff like that. Perhaps the people need to do that. Perhaps we need to do that. Um, but at the same time, at the end of the day, what the general feeling out there is they're much the same. It's like a Woolies Coles kind of thing. I know it shouldn't be that way, but that's yeah. kind of the way it is. Can I, can I just say, just quickly, I, I really do think that Bill Shorten needs to speak from notes and not from a script. Mm. I agree with that. I just really thought that yeah. yesterday he lifted enormously uh, once mm. he went off the script. He does get, and I also agree with what Tim said, he does get a little bit, and I've heard commentators say this, he gets a little bit sing-songy uh, when he's mm. talking on script. As soon as he lost that script, he just really lifted, whereas you know, right. whereas yep. it was completely the opposite for Turnbull who just turns into waffle. Um, and, you know, you concentrate mm. on the waffle and you don't concentrate on what's actually being said, even though what's, of course, being said is usually just labour, labour, labour. Um, and, mm. and, you know, completely undermined when you actually know the facts of the policies that he's touching on. Um, Tur Turnbull likes to lecture. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it goes to his ideology that he thinks the economy is a moral force. He thinks he, he actually believes that if you're rich, it's because you're morally better than someone yes. who is poor. And if you yes. just did what he did, yeah. you would be rich too. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what he thinks. Mm. Yes. Um, did, did anybody notice him saying that he's not a political hack or political animal? Uh, you'd get anybody? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, oh my lord! Yeah. So he didn't yeah. stab Tony Abbott in the back then. Pardon? Oh yeah. Oh, that, that's he's in denial. I mean, a lot of these people are in denial. I don't know how they look at themselves in the mirror. Uh, all I can think is that, as as you kind of touched on there, Vic, they truly believe that they're in their position because of. Uh, their, 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 their merit, their, their, their values, their, their faith or, or, or what have you. Um, mm. As we know, it's not quite the case. And, you know, I what, I, what I really think is missing and what we could really engage with the, the Australian populace is humour. You know, like, for instance, yep. with, Bill, with Bill Shorten on a constructive note, for instance, if he could make a joke about his speech style, if he could just say, look, I'm not very mm. good at this, but, but here I go, or oh, there I go again, and problem solved, Australians would love him. 
Mm. I, I think you've got that. a point there. I think Australians just want, and what everybody wants, is to just see the genuine person. And yeah. and mm. the genuine person is is warts and all. I mean, look at why um, Trump is so popular because everyone can't believe he's polished because he's not polished. Mm. And and it's the same as Pauline Hanson. She she benefits from the idea that she speaks her mind, even though what mm. she really does in reality is just votes with the Liberals. But because she seems authentic, people believe everything she says. And yeah. and so I'm not I'm not saying you know that 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 Bill has to turn into to you know a Trump-like Hanson creature because that would be revolting. But what I'm saying is that the more stage managed they are, mm. yes. the less like themselves they are. Well, look at the lettuce bloody thing. He couldn't answer. He's too scared that maybe, I don't know, he's going to offend some lettuce growers. I don't know what all that was about. But I think the media handlers and stuff like that, remember Julia Gillard? I'm going to show you the real Julia and all that sort of stuff. That I think was they're, a major they're too, error. Oh, okay. too can, I say, can I say the words to the two words, John McTurner? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that perhaps you know, like he, he, he worked with Blair. He worked with Gillard. He turned Gillard from a warm and wonderful human being into what I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. She would turn into into a wooden puppet. Mm. Yeah. And and uh, and I thought, who who is giving her this wrong advice? And uh, and then I see, um, uh, you know, Shorten do the same thing. It's who's giving this advice? Yeah, yeah. But I found with my blogging that uh, the more passionate and emotive, emotive I am the more people read the post. And I think I, I mm. hid from it for a long time because I was treated like a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a um, strange little ranting machine that would be just, you know, Enjoy overly it. emotional and maybe even the Steve Price would use the word hysterical. But um, what, <laughs> I've, what I've found is that I've really got to embrace that because nobody's reading the careful analysis that I do that takes me hours and hours to look mm. at every policy from every angle and to weigh it up like an economist. That mm. might be interesting to a political scientist, but what is interesting to the audience is to know how mm. you feel about something. And when when I rant and when I write open letters and when I when I get really really angry down on the page, mm. people share mm. that emotion with me, and and it's why they share the the actual content. So I think that instead of trying to be safe all the time, and the politicians, mm. you know, you can see why they want to be safe because they don't want a gotcha moment. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to wear their heart on their sleeve in case they get hurt. But but the problem is in being safe, they are being bland. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a really yeah. good point. And Vic, can I just say perhaps, you know, that human element um, and, you, you know, showing some emotion, that allows you then to really back your back that those feelings up with facts. Um, I think facts are something that is really needed in our political landscape, to say the least, uh, particularly mm. in the current climb. But, you know, maybe maybe the tactic is the first way to reap, to be able to express those facts is by opening up and being very human and putting some mm. emotion in and then, again, backing it up with facts. Can I come to well, each yeah, of I, you? I did. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. No, you go, go Vic. I was just to say, um, I think with climate change, that's a big problem where um, scientists have been responsible for communicating the problem mm. and, and their way of communicating is to be scientific and statistics yeah. and factual. But what they're not doing is, unfortunately, they're going to have to scare people in order to get them to change because otherwise they can't see why they'd need to change. Yeah, very similar with the NBN, how that was sold. Mm. Anyway, so uh, yeah, there weren't many facts. There aren't many facts put out there, and I guess that's that's something. Come back to the Labor-Liberal comparison thing, is that I watched uh, Tony Abbott just beat a sway through the electorate and and manipulate and and so on, and then Labor just sat back and watched them, and then mm. over over Christmas, you know, like it had this big thing where uh, tens of thousands of uh, of Australians had their Christmas absolutely ruined. By mm. the and not my debt attack, the Centrelink attack, yep. and mm. uh, and you know like everybody was still on holidays. Nobody felt like oh maybe I should cut my holiday short a little bit. You know, um, it's there's a sense of immediacy that's that's missing. Of course, of course we need somebody from Labor to come in and say bam bam. We need to say that look, Tony Abbott keeps doing this, so I'm going to ignore what Tony Abbott's saying to you. And I'm going to say to you what I think Tony Abbott's doing to you, right? If Labor had done that, they would have been got so much closer to government, but they don't. It's always this very conservative thing. And, and coming back to the main point, which is a meth methodical approach is not something I have. I tend to be a bit of a, a rhetorician on uh, on Twitter. I don't claim to be 
you know, the brain of Britain or anything like that. And I, I know that I've had to rein in a lot of my emotionality in order to be able to be um, cogent or to get some message across it or to be mildly entertaining, you know, uh, whereas I, I, I can't do uh, the sort of detail that Vic does in her uh, her blogging. It's always brilliant. It's always backed up. And, uh, of course, it's always pro-labor, but it's it, it's it's cogent. Mm. Um, so, so you know, different horses, different races sort of thing. Absolutely. You know? Do you think in some ways this, you know, this fact-free world, and, of course, this is just so much becoming part of the vernacular now with what we're seeing going on in the US, but it has in here, you know, it has allowed someone like Pauline Hanson to really come in and, you know, be very fact-free, you know, speaking very much off the cuff. I mean, I think that media are again doing us an absolute disservice by giving her the the amount of airplay that they're giving her. I still can't quite work out why she's appearing on Sky News most nights and while she's on Channel 7 once a week, and she seems to be in media quite often. And I do think that the reason that media are giving her such a good run, we're, we're seeing that reflected in her numbers. Uh, but do you think that, um, you know, this fact-free zone has allowed someone like a Pauline Hanson, like a Trump, to really step in? I think uh, it's also we've lost empathy along the way. Remember when Bob Hawke cried? You know, you don't see anything like that. Bernie Sanders, in my opinion, became so popular because he showed emotion, he had empathy, he had heart. You know, the, the young generations, they're loving it. We need to tap into that. We can do that. You know, I think capitalism has a lot to do with it too. You know, consumerism, you tend to not really notice too much of what's going on around you mm. or all that sort of thing. So I think, yeah, we definitely need somebody with heart and, and who's not afraid to show emotion, who's not afraid to make mistakes, damn it. We're allowed to make mistakes. We're human. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally agree. People need to be able to recover. It's like sailing or something. Your boat tips over. Oh, oh, oh that was my fault. Yeah. Right the, right the boat, away you go. And like I was saying about uh, uh, Bill's limitations when he's skipping speeches he should just be able to to make that a shared joke a running gag oh sorry there i there i go again and then it would be solved take the mickey that's how we take the mickey out of himself that's how we used to be take the piss out of ourselves you know everybody's gotten all so So that level of we're missing in politics now that level of authenticity having said that media pull a person apart very quickly they're kind of looking for that chink in the armor Media or Murdoch? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yeah. we know that we know that usually it does come out of the Murdoch camp. Sadly, um, mm. you know, they're they're looking for something, and you know, part, partly it's because you know um, they get good mileage in that. I think it's quite human for people to clicks. look for clicks, and the business model of media is now based on clicks. It's not based on quality, so they're looking mm. for you know the train wreck. I think that that's one of the reasons they're gravitating so much toward Pauline Hanson. She she's kind of that train wreck that you can't you know take your eyes off, and of course it's you know it's helping their business model. If we can maybe just now thank you for everyone for you know those great um, quite o- opening comments and really good um, observations there. We got into trickle down, trickle up, and and. Vic, what was your the the midway economics? Middle out, middle out economics. I hadn't heard that before. That's really good. Um, I feel like I want to come to Trump, and I feel like I want to come yeah. to overseas. This, I mean, I said yesterday on Twitter somewhere that every morning now when I turn the news on, you know, it's almost it's scary. You, you don't know what's going to come come up next. Um, for a little while there, I found myself staying up until midnight. And you could set your clock to when Trump started his Twitter Twitter tirade. I mean, what an amazing, you know, amazing thing to witness. It is like a reality TV show. The only very <laughs> sad thing is that, you know, these are, this is now, it is real. It is all too real. And the impacts of it are just being felt, you know, really around the world. It's quite, I find it quite terrifying to realise where it's going to end. There's a lot of discussion now about the team that Trump's building around him. Uh, Steve Bannon, who, of course, is the one of the founders or one yeah. of the chairman of Breitbart, uh, which is an extremist mm. white supremacist site in the US, which just yeah. Yeah. publishes the most abhorrent content. It's unbelievable. Now, he's well, going he's, to be... Um, yeah, go on, sir. So, Tim, let's come to you first and just talk about <laughs> overseas. Well, yes. you want to, I can hear you yeah. want to say something. Um, yeah, so sorry, to, I'm trying to restrain myself. I know, um, it's hard, isn't it, to come to you and talk about you know, yeah, overseas yeah, events yeah, and if you can know, try and yeah. talk about it in a way that it impacts us as well. 
Yeah, well, that's right. One narcissist talking about another narcissist. Uh, look, uh, <laughs> Trump, Trump is, uh, uh, you know, the Republicans are really just waiting for him to fall over and then for, for him, for them to uh, put Pence in and, and then away they go. You know, like they know that it's a disaster. There's so many quotes, so much interesting stuff. And Trump uh, is, is you know, he he's a child. He's a, he's a spoiled fat child. And, uh, and of course, he's going to do damage. But then one thing I always, you know, that they say that the best way to convince somebody, let's say, somebody, let's say, is the nation of, of, of uh, the United States, the best way to convince somebody is to let them have their way. Now, um, they've got Trump. They've got what they want. They've got a nihilist. They've got a. They've got a. Well, he calls himself a Leninist, but he's a. He's a nihilist. He wants to tear things down. He wants to destroy, destroy, destroy. You know this uh, uh, Bannon character, and then uh, and and Trump has got. He has virtually no staff. He has no advice. He takes no advice. Everything he goes to do is flawed and amateurish and childish, and of course he can't last. You know, don't quote me, but but you know, like uh, the, the Republicans just want wanted the power. They knew that Trump is the way to get it. And once the real, once once the um, adults, even though albeit nasty adults, gain power, then the real damage, the real damage, instead of the random damage, will happen. Do you know? Yes, and I suppose what really scares me is what, I mean, I agree with you. I think, you know, his own party are are looking for ways to get rid of him. Two things scare me on that. What damage will he cause on the way out? And the other thing is that it is still unbelievable to me the following that he has. I mean, he's he's evangelistic. It's not a politician anymore. He's evangelistic. Um, I've been watching a bit of CNN of late, and this morning they actually did some really nice vox pops with some people in um, Pennsylvania, some farmers in Pennsylvania, and they love him. No matter what he does, they love him. The only thing that I think is going to break his hold on those on his base is that they mm. will need to absolutely see that they've been deceived. Now I don't know how that will happen or when that will happen. And again, my fear is the damage that he will do until that happens. Um, Mel, I'll come to you. Trump. Yeah. And overseas well, events. You Trump. don't necessarily have to talk Trump. Yeah, you're good. But how can you not? Uh, <laughs> how can we not? It's everywhere. Um, Trump, in, in regards to people being disillusioned with him, there is already some little tweets and stuff coming out. The Muslim ban, that, yeah, he said a lot of things, but not everybody thought he was going to go that far. I think he went that far because he's pushing limits, he's pushing boundaries, he's trying to see other stuff behind. We, we, we need to remember not just look at Muslim ban but look at all the other stuff he's doing behind the scenes. Um, in regards to Pence, Tim, um, just yesterday I was reading an article, um, it's, it's, it was by Naomi Klein, it was pretty much talking about her, her book about disaster capitalism and Pence unfortunately oversaw the Katrina um, mess uh, and that was just a big old free-for-all for private and, and stuff like that. So my concerns are in regards to climate changing and all this stuff. We're going to have more and more disasters and things like that. And they're already working, they're already behind the scenes champing at the bit, waiting for those sorts of things to occur. Uh, and none of us are, are any the wiser. Um, things like the free trade agreements, TPP, if we notice, he's, he's talked about TPP so much. No, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. What he didn't mention was other ones like TISA and stuff like that. Again, there's a lot of people, especially that he's chosen to be part of his his, his party and to surround him, uh, that could make money and, and, and gain out of these sorts of things. So that's my concern. And, Mel, if you can just – I know that you wrote an article uh, last week, I think it was, that appeared in – was it Independent Australia? Um, and you yeah. mentioned uh, TISA. I wasn't aware yeah. of this, um, and thank you so much. For, you know, it's, again, amazing to me that you just don't read about these things in mainstream media, and it is so important to all of us. It's going to impact all of us. If you can just give mm. us um, just a little bit of information about what Teaser is. Yeah, sure. It's basically, it's all about services. So as we know, capitalism, it's a hungry beast. There's not much else really for them to, to eat, uh, but there is juicy, fat public services. Um, I, th- I think it was when I was writing about Centrelink and, and, and all that sort of stuff, all of a sudden it occurred to me, I sort of went, hang on, this is a public service, this is human services, this is what private wants. Uh, and then I revisited TISA. I noticed that, as I said, that Trump and, and all that hadn't really made any mention of it. Um, I have found some articles from the US and stuff like that. 
um, talking about um, digital as well, that they want everything digital, um, that they can get their hands on. Um, so it, it's a bit of a big deal. The last that we sort of heard in regards to Australia on their views about it was by Steve Jobot, however you say it, sorry, my apologies, mm. um, talking about how he was at in Oslo um, at a W at a WTO meeting. Mm. Um, so as far as they're concerned, it's going ahead. Uh, Turnbull, he wants it badly. Um, our exports, I think, at the moment are at 20% or something like that. He wants to to smash it up higher and, um, and all that. So... I will link to your article, which also spoke interestingly about Australia's prison system, which, again, no idea. Um, It was just amazing just some of the information that you gave there. But I will link to your article where you talk more about TSA and the article that you just uh, pointed to um, when we're publicising this podcast or the the live podcast. Vic, if I can come to you to get your, uh, your input on events of overseas and, indeed, the Trump machine. Um, I think I saw a clever tweet that basically I agree with that said, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he's actually worse than, um, he's even worse than I thought he was going to be um, in terms of I knew it was going to be bad, he's worse than that, and then he's worse than that again. Um, And I think that's probably the reason that people are so shocked is because the media really went with the narrative, it's okay, he's just a lot of talk, he's not going to do any of this stuff, it's not going to be that bad, Um, he'll mature into the job. And what we're seeing is you give him an inch of power and he becomes a dictator. Yes, I but I think, But I think we all need to start to look ahead for two years' time and we've got to realise that if we keep attacking his supporters, um, and look, I know that it's fun because I do it as a sport, but if, if we keep attacking them as a movement, we're pushing them further away. I mean, everyone's seen the movie Jerry Maguire. He's working for a big corporation He makes this big speech and this big fuss about tearing it all up and saying, who's with me? I'm going out on my own. And that's what these people have done to the political establishment. They hate the political establishment. They have turned their backs on them and they are desperately, desperately clinging to the hope that Trump is going to be something different. So instead of pushing them further away, think about how hard it is for them to be able to come back from there. Mm. And I, make it just... as easy as possible for them to do that without ridicule. We can't yeah. be saying to them, you're an idiot, this is all your fault, because they're going to hate us even more. We've got to say, I'm really, I'm really empathetic about why you went. You were being let down. Inequality is a problem. You know, there's ev- you've got every right to feel like the establishment hasn't been on your side, but look at what we're planning to do to fix that. And I think that's the only way forward as hard as it's going to be. I think that that's a really good... And, of course, we're seeing all of this happen here with Hanson. Um, and, you know, mm. of course, the right wing of the Liberal Party are really starting to play into that. Just last night, Christensen was on one of the... one. Of, I think it was on Bolt's program, where else, um, with his mm. Make Australia Great Again red cap. I mean, it was, it's just <sighs> revolting. Um, and it's, mm. you know, anything that they talk about is not based on facts. They're tricking... Um, they're tricking people who are vulnerable. They're tricking people who have absolutely been left behind by both parties, in my belief. Um, and you're right, yeah. Vic, how do we how do we bring those people forward so they they have a they have hope, but hope based on fact, not on false fact. Well, this is where I, I wouldn't mind popping in if you yep, if you don't mind. Is is that my my little show? Um, it's going to be uh, next week, and we, it's called uh, uh, <clears throat> the Dunning Kruger Hour. Now, it, you all familiar with Dunning Kruger effect? Yeah, I have heard of yep. it. Yeah. Okay, so you, you, the, the the least confident, the least knowledgeable are the most confident. The um, the <laughs> least educated are, are the most forthright. Um, and, you know, it, it, I've been through this process. I call myself a Dunning-Kruger survivor on my Twitter pr- profile because I used to listen to John Laws. I used to um, read the Daily Telegraph, and that's all I knew. That is all I knew. It was like that was the pasture on which I grazed, you know, and then and then eventually I started realising and I started reading. I went to uni eventually and all this sort of thing. Uh, and then each each transition to to like to excuse the term to the next level or the next realization it hurts a lot to realize that perhaps that you've been manipulated 
by um, someone like Tony Abbott, you know, because this is what the Liberal Party do. They're educated people manipulating the uneducated people. And it's very hard. It's, it's a lot easier to manipulate somebody than to convince somebody that they've been manipulated. And this is the great, this is the great quandary it's because the right wing of, of, of our politics have it easy because there are so many people out there who really don't realise how clueless they are about many things. Not everything. Of course, they're wonderful people, probably, too, the, the people that they, they know. But they don't, they're not worldly. They don't know. They haven't been educated. But there are people who have educations who willingly and knowingly, like Peter Credlin and Tony Abbott, as, a, as that couple, that deadly couple we had recently, they went deliberately out there to manipulate people who didn't know that they could be manipulated. Well, and, that's and, that's and, actually an interesting point, Tim. I'm sorry to jump in again, but Nate Silver, no, no. who's a pollster, did quite a bit of analysis to try to explain how on earth um, the Trump thing happened. And by the way, let's not get overboard. It wasn't a huge amount of votes that he actually did win by. He actually lost the um, popular vote and won the Electoral College. So it's not an insurmountable amount to make up. Um, but he actually found that the biggest indicator of whether you would voted Trump or voted Clinton was not actually um, the divide on income, which a lot of people have said, and it wasn't divide on necessarily on race either. The biggest predictor was level of education. And so those with a college degree were like far, far, far more likely to vote for Clinton and those without who resent probably the fact that the jobs are no longer available for them, who resent that the jobs are highly skilled and they're not skilled in those areas, they were more likely to vote for Trump. Yeah, and so as true. hard as it is to to sort of see long-term how we can change this, we need to educate people better. Yep. Well, the other side of the coin there in regards to Trump as well is that I read a Noam Chomsky article the other day and um, he was talking about we, we shouldn't just focus on the middle class and the people being left behind and whatnot it, because there was people that actually had educations and, and college degrees that voted for Trump as well. What What's happened over there is that, uh, if we look at it like a scale, you know, sort of someone sitting in the middle, we'll just say the middle just for, you know, pleasantries, uh, they're looking above. They see everybody else doing doing well above them. They've got, a, got an education. They look below them and they realise that they're pretty much on the same par as below them. But below them is getting assistance like a little bit of welfare and stuff like that. So they think, why? What's the point? How come I'm not getting anywhere? You know, so there's a lot of that mentality as well. Um, Gosh, I mean, it sounds like there's just such a way to go. And again, you know, I've been following it all quite closely in the US and just see such um, similarities to what's going on here with um, with Hanson and the way that she uses, um, mm. you know, the way that she's using the Muslim, um, our Muslim, um, yeah, Muslim fellow direct, Australians as, as you direct, know, the scapegoat direct, for a lot of what's going on and so on. But directed by James Ashby, who is a, a, a manipulator. Yeah. He's from the Liberal Liberal Party School of Manipulation, and Absolutely. and this is what I think. This is what I think. Sorry to re-emphasize is that if if you've ever been manipulated, you probably only realised it five or ten years afterwards. Gosh, yeah. I don't have five or ten years. Um, I'm very <laughs> interested to listen to your. Sh I mean, you know, my kids don't have five or ten years. They need to be progressing now. Um, I think, look, the thing that I, you know, working in the industry that I do, and, you know, we've all got day jobs with what we do. This is kind of an extra thing that we're all doing because we're all, you know, interested in politics as Australians, as members of the Australian community. Um, but, you know, I work in the media and I'm always interested to know what media these people consume. Uh, and, you know, mm. I've watched a bit of Fox and Friends and Fox News over in the US and I have to say I just find it quite staggering, uh, the, the <laughs> amount of propaganda and bias that we see. I don't think it's quite to that level here, but it's certainly, um, you know, quite telling. Today on the front page of the Daily Telegraph, there is a story about um, Muslims and that they, you know, they take welfare and they won't get a job. So I've actually yeah. started a conversation about that in my industry um, because, you know, that's not what I've spent my adult life um, working for in the advertising and media industry, but I'll, I'll certainly talk about that a little later. Quickly, um, we're at about 40 minutes, so we've got about 20 minutes to go and we've still got a bit to get through. I just wanted to touch base with um, each of you on the donations thing that was launched this morning. Both um, Shorten and Malcolm Turnbull mentioned it in their addresses today. Um, you know, both seem to be forever, we're going to do, we're going to do. 
Um, it was always it was interesting to me, and you know, no no news. I think we all knew this that the main donations come from Chinese businessmen, uh, property developers, and you know, our community's woes. It's like a conga line of our community's woes. It's gambling, um, big tobacco, mining. Um, you know, it's just the list goes on. What do property we have developers. to do to get this changed? Um, Vic, I'll come to you first. Um, well, I think this was a big thing in the US election too, that people felt that um, Clinton was too close to Wall Street. Um, yeah. And it's it's a really difficult thing because political, um, the way that the political system works is that they don't really fund, um, publicly fund campaigns. Um, you know, they do give a little bit of funding, but the parties themselves don't get enough from that to run a campaign. And so, you know, every cent that the Liberals spend, Labor feel they need to spend as well in order to keep up. Um, and so you do get big business involved. You do get ex- people who, with more money, you know, seeming to control the electoral process. Um, and I think for Labor, one of the things that has really hurt them in recent years is this idea that, that unions giving money to Labor is somehow a dirty deal. But, mm. but it, in my mm. point of view, I would far prefer a union giving Labor money than a property developer. Oh, I could not agree more. Because you, unions represent the workers. And if I'm paying my tiny share of um, union fees and some of that's being pulled off to fight for my rights as a unionist to be, you know, to have safe work environment, to have a wage increase, to all the things that mean a lot to the union movement, I would prefer that Labor stays close to that cause rather than getting diverted by big, big money elsewhere at the top end of town. Yep, I could not agree more. I thought it was interesting. You know, Parakelia certainly got a, got you know got a good mention. I think it was around you know don't don't exactly quote me, but it was between six hundred to eight hundred thousand dollars that Parakelia gave. Now that's a complete <laughs> rort um, that the media and, and how really do people feel about. Down. How did people feel about Turnbull flicking a couple of mil to his own campaign? Well, interestingly, they <laughs> yeah, found, exactly. found a loophole that that actually those the actual amount won't be found, um, won't be published. For publicized Why for is he year. so keen not to tell us? What What's to hide? It's like Trump with his tax returns. If you've got nothing to hide, just be open about it. That's exactly right. But the, you know, Look, again, I don't have $2 million to spend on my own political campaign and I think it's useful information to know if you do. I couldn't agree more. I think the media, again, will downplay that. Um, and, you know, it forever frustrates me that, you know, the Labor Party seemed to be so open about union bashing, but the Liberal Party are never... Sp- the IPA is never spoken about with the Liberal Party. Oh. And the IPA is just, in you know, insidious. Love to talk about the IPA in another show. Um, Mel, I'll come to you <laughs> talking... Yeah, I might have yeah. to go into hiding after, though. Um, <laughs> Mel, <laughs> Mel, I'll come to you and just touch a little bit on, don- on yep. the donation thing this morning? Yep. Oh, well, my personal uh, thoughts on that is that it should be publicly funded. Look, we pay for bloody everything else, all the mistakes, all the everythings. Let's just publicly fund the bloody things. Everybody gets a certain amount. Go. That's it. End of story. Yep. I think I we're all sick of the rabble-rousing and all the crap and the photo ops and the... It's just dated. It's like the we've all moved ahead and they're still back there somewhere. <laughs> I agree. Tim, come to you on donations. Well, I, th- I think that, um, as I say, the way – I mean, I always – I can only talk about Labor because I really do condemn the libs. I really – I cannot help that, that that phrase, that common phrase, the scum of the earth keeps popping out of my mouth. I don't know where it comes from, but I cannot, be- I cannot believe that these people are actually admired by anyone at all. They seem like no more than a gang like Tony Soprano's mob or something like that. They do, you know, like they with the parakelia, they're using government funds to reroute so that they can fund their uh, private advertising. And, of course, Labor feels like oh, they're on the back foot and so on. Um, but, you know, it's it seems like Labor could so easily grab the narrative, you know, like, uh, Paul Keeney could grab it out of the, out of midair. He'd just be able to just like reach through a portal into another dimension, come out with a metaphor and just smash everyone in the room with it. And that's mm. what you can do. That's what language can do. That's what a good mind can do. So that if Labor wants to, to get up there and, and explain what how manipulative labor, uh, uh, the libs are, how self-serving they are, how ideological they are, mm. and how the fact that they are uh, the lib is a political the political um, uh, how would you call it Off, offshoot 
of big business and that is their only concern yes. that they want and they want to to reroute any funds that they can because that's their job is to keep employed and then to get the unofficial superannuation from those those big business after they finish that political in inverted commas political career it's not a political <laughs> career they're political operatives Mm. Paid for by big business, yep. and let I think if and Labor could so easily just say that out loud, and they could say how good a social democracy is, and so on and so on and so on. But they don't. They keep speaking in the passive. I think, and that's, you can't do that. I think that that's really interesting. I mean, I wonder again. You know, one of my things is that I'm trying to encourage the Labor Party to create their own media channels because if they do say that they will get muffled by the media because of course the media are very complicit in this um i would like the labor party to really step up create their own media channels to reach us directly and speak in the terms that you just highlighted tim um you know they they, they'll always have difficulty with a with quite a biased media middleman who of course are, are vested in you know vested in that big business area that you just mentioned um, mm. So very interesting. Let's just move along a little because you know we're, we've been having good good chats about politics of the day, but time is getting away. I want to come to each of you and talk about your the shows that you're hosting, and of course this is the the launch show of Ozpol Live. Uh, the reason that we we all sort of came up with this this concept. I've partly done it for selfish reasons uh, because there is just no broadcast political media that is reaching that is meeting my needs, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. So I thought we'd create our own, and I've been a part of the Ozpol Twitter community for a, over twelve months now, and I'm completely blown away by, uh, first of all, how active it is. One of the largest uh, political hashtag communities in the world, uh, and mm-hmm. one of the largest hashtag communities in the world. Take away the politics but completely blown away by how active it is, how incredibly, in, how large it is, but also how incredibly well-informed everyone who is part of it is. So I've always thought that it would be really worthwhile and valuable to tap further into that community. So therefore, the idea of these live podcasts was really born. Um, so the idea of the show is to get a different member of the Ozpol Twitter community to create and present their own live show We'll be doing it around daily, which aiming for daily, we'll probably get there sort of March and April. I think some people are a little nervous and just want to see how it goes. Um, but, Tim, I'll come to you first. If you can, You've already touched on a little bit what you'll be doing in your show. But, Tim, I'll come to you first just to talk about, you know, why you think there's a bit of a need for this um, and why you liked the concept and, you know, tell us a little bit, little bit about the show that you'll be presenting. Well, you're right, you know, about Ozpol. It's uh, hashtag Ozpol, and we look around for the most vibrant uh, hashtag at the time. Sometimes it's NPC. You'll see one of your tweets going there, and there is a, a certain amount, amount of um, trust and remove between the people. I've got, you know, about 7,000 followers now. I think I had 10,000 on my previous account and all that sort of thing. It's very, very exciting and interesting and funny and 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 entertaining so that, of course, um I know that people like John Wren, who's, that's his pseudonym. I know his, I know his real name. Oh, I do too. But he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't say it. But the, uh, but he's, uh, he's. Uh, he, it seems like almost he's got a team of people behind him. I often joke that he's a, he's a branch of the sponsored part of the uh, Labor Party, who's got a, a team of people, like a team of writers, doing all this sort of thing. But he's just very, very, uh, you know, very, very vocal, and and it is great. And there are some good, good. Uh, it's a, it, it is a community. It's a very small community. But the funny thing is about just how potent it is. Like I, I have seen some things that um, have been focused on by our tweet community mm. that have changed the direction of the political dialogue. Mm. You know, there's just no doubt at all. And when I'm when I'm talking to uh, when I'm Put, I think I think put about 38 tweets out about Bill Shorten's uh, reading from a piece of paper style. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to get that and then ignore it, right? He'll hear it, but he but he will ignore it. Mm. And uh, but at least it's heard because as long as you put it right and you're not crazy, because there are a lot of crazies on Twitter, then it, it's a wonderful community, and uh, I, I I certainly enjoy it. I know <laughs> I try to have a, a life outside it as well. But, but yeah, and, and, and congratulations to you for trying to get all this together, Denise. 
Oh, that's, yes. I, 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 as um, all of you know, because I think I've said this to all of you, it's therapy for me. It's actually saving me money from going mm-hmm. to a therapist out of all of the, <laughs> the frustrations that I get from, um, you know, from talking about, or, you know, just being so involved and so um, absorbed by politics of the day. Um, Tim, just tell us a little bit about the show that you'll be presenting. Oh, well, it'll be uh, one-on-one. Uh, John Wren uh, will be uh, next, uh, I think it's next Monday. Next Monday, Monday I think. Monday at yep. 12 o'clock. Yeah, that's right. I'll try and uh, get my head around the technical details. Uh, I've already spoken to John um, about it, um, and, of course, I'll be probably addressing the same sort of things we've been discussing about my my dissatisfactions with the uh, the way the Labor Party puts itself across, um, the fact that he is... Uh, he's, um, you know, he's bolted on Labor, um, but he's also very reasonable to talk to as well. He says, yes, yes, I know, uh, blah, 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 you know. So so we'll be going through a number of questions, a number of scenarios, things like, and basics, like I said, back to basics about social democracy. Um, do you really want to, as a citizen, waste your whole life at, um, attacking people less fortunate than you or... Do you want to make your whole community better off, your children better educated, the society a healthier one, and and to be proud when you go overseas? You know, so so it's it's more a lot of that sort of thing for probably about forty minutes, and then we'll be talking about uh, politics in the end, and and hopefully having a bit of fun along the way too. And as I say, the Dunning Kruger thing it's going to be a theme because the thing about ha- having a Dunning Kruger experience for yourself is that you realise how much it hurts to realise how ignorant you've been. And mm. then the next the next scary bit is to realise how ignorant you still are, but you don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's a scary thing. And that's where the humour comes in, the resilience comes in. A person needs to be resilient because they're not going to grow unless they can get back up again. Do you know what I mean? Yep. I look forward to your show, Tim. Vic, we'll come to you yeah. about your show and why, you know, why you wanted to get involved in this. Um, yeah, my show is on Tuesday and um, obviously um, everyone knows I've been blogging for a long time and I found, um, you know, I found a huge amount of pleasure in that and I drive my passion into that. Everyone knows I'm a, um, what I don't think, I think we just heard Tim call it a bolted on. So let's say a bolted on Labor person too. Um, I get a lot of crap for that, but please don't think that puts me off. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be t- I'm touching on a subject um, on my show, which is a little bit of an awkward one for a lot of people to talk about and they avoid it, which is class and the way that class and your background influences your voting behaviour. The person I'm going to be talking um, to about that is um, someone who's very clever with demographic data um, and has some very interesting insights on the topic in Australian politics. He is, um, no surprises here, a Labor person. He's Assistant State Secretary at Victorian Labor, Cosmos Samaras, Um, and I think it's going to be a really interesting discussion from the point of view of what's coming in future elections in terms of where the shifts in the um, demographics are taking us. Vic, that just sounds so interesting, both of those shows. And honestly, just listening to that then, there is nothing like this out there. No, Um, I don't think so. No, I really don't think so. You know, there is just not, and, you know, in depth, you've got the time to really deep dive into these issues. Mel, come on, bring bring us up from the rear. What What have you got planned? Shows, woo. Um, okay. Well, I, I guess I'll be to taking on the theme of what I've, I've always sort of, like, on my little bio on Twitter and stuff like that is uh, tackling the hard stuff minus the jargon. Um, you know, I, I like to uh, to tackle things, you know, um, overseas and things like that as well. Um, I also want to draw some threads uh, from overseas and, and show how we're actually all connected and we're all actually going through the same shite really essentially Mm. um i have a a german girlfriend uh, she's over in cologne and as you can imagine there's lots of stuff going on over there so she's going to be a guest so i'm looking forward to to that um yeah so so that that'll be pretty much and also yeah a bit of a laugh tim i I really love a laugh and humor (laughs) that keeps (laughs) me going Um, (laughs) well that's all i've got i don't have facts and i don't have a memory so i've got to do something you know yeah well, I mean, you know, I know that my some of my family members are certainly telling me to lighten it up a little bit at the moment. And, you know, I, I said to someone yesterday, it's hard being a political junkie at the moment. I mean, there's not a lot really to, mm. keep, you know, to inspire us and to keep us happy. But, Mel, that just sounds mm. fascinating, getting someone's perspective from overseas. 
Um, I know that cool. Greg Barnes, next month, one of his shows, mm. he's going to be talking to uh, quite a well-known Canadian political blogger. So that Ooh. will be really interesting as well. So, yeah, just fascinating the ideas and, um, you know, the shows that the Ozpol members who are involved in this in this Ozpol Live concept are coming up with. I think it's really going to be interesting. Um, I'm still unsure that anyone is actually listening to us live, by the way, but at least this will convert into podcast. And, look, I've had a good time, so that's good. Um, yeah. Ju- just wanna- I said you I sent you a comment, Denise. I don't know whether you can read it, just did, testing it. I did see your comment. Hang on. Okay. I'm, I'm, I just commented back. Did you see that? Oh, no, <laughs> we no, haven't had any questions it. from the audience, um, but hopefully there's a couple of people listening to us live. But as I said, it converts to podcasts, so we can certainly um, can certainly do. And this was meant as a bit of a practice, get our feet a little bit, test the system and so on. So we've got about um, five or so minutes to go. So I really wanted to come very quickly, quick, quick question, quick answer. If there was one thing... Um, that you would want Australians to know, and Australians who are, who aren't as involved in politics as as us, um, if there was one thing that you wanted your fellow Australians to know about the political landscape right now, what would it be? Tim, I'll come to you first. Uh, what would I like to do with the political landscape? Did you say? No. What would you, if there was one thing that you would like your fellow Australians to know about politics, and again, people that aren't oh, yeah. involved in politics as us? What would it be? Mm. Um, I, I think that they need to know that it is a career path for people. but And, of course, there are some good people in there and so on, but but um, it, it, it's easy for them to become insulated from the population. You know, there's a lot of good people who have, uh, uh, like Jock Cameron, you know, he was, uh, he was a political, uh, like a union leader at at Liddell Power Station when I first started my apprenticeship. He left just as I arrived and now he's one. He's like our Bernie Sanders, if you like, yep. when he gets up there. And he, he's a good guy. He doesn't go very far because he's obviously not prepared to cut the deals that the others are. Um, he's too honest and so on. And, and these people are undersung and so on because of this adversarial thing. I, I guess I'd like people to know that there is hope but um, it's really hard to see at the moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, th- I think um, you have you have to be hopeful. That's all. Yes, I think that's really good. I'm going to write. I'm going to write down these little comments that you're making too, and just um, you know put them underneath the podcast. Vic, I'll come to you. The the message that you would like your fellow Australians to know about politics. That tax cuts do not create jobs. Never have. <laughs> never will. Well done. Well done. Nice and there. Uh, Mel? Uh, For myself, it would be the role of the lobbyists. I mean, for goodness sakes, we've got uh, new um, airports being built to facilitate um, the IPA, all of of that role that's all hidden, um, you know, and and, and the money. Yep. I think these will make really um, interesting little tweets and little sound bites, actually, that I'd like to... To, to um, you know, go because you're right. The people who don't un- don't follow politics like we do, they don't realise all of this. They get their little two second soundbite on the six o'clock news, if that, um, mm. and it's just always so you know sanitised, and they're not taking any notice. I mean, just those three things that each of you just said there really gives a really interesting and hopefully quite thought provoking insight. So let's um, finish up. I think we've done okay. What do you think? Yeah. I think the time went fast. I was a little bit uncertain about an hour. It sounded like a very long time, but it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it might be a little bit different when you're a little more one-on-one. Yeah. You know, and that's where I really suggest that you have, you know, lots of questions worked out. You may not get to all of them, but I actually really think that the, you know, the four on the panel type of concept or three on the panel, me, someone hosting, um, works Mm. really well. Everyone, I hope everyone felt like they had a chance to have their say. Absolutely. Um, so, look, thank you, I everyone. I, I felt like I needed more time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could actually go for longer. We might We might do that next, next week. We might do an Oz, Ozpol, Ozpol mega live. Show. Mega show. Um, I know there's been a couple of these sorts of things where people have gone for 24 hours. Perhaps we'll, we'll do something like that at some stage. Um, and, so and I've got, 
Buster. <laughs> but I've got to say, I've just finished listening to a, a podcast. It was all about um, the nuclear age, and uh, by uh, uh, I forget what they call it. But anyways, went for five hours, wow. and I was busy. I was busy doing stuff. I'm building, you know, a studio at the back of, in the in the yard here, mm-hmm. and uh, it's five hours of great entertainment while I'm doing stuff. I think audio podcasts are the way to go. Yep, I mm. really like them too. I mean, eventually we might turn to a video-type vodcast platform as well. But I, th- I think you're right, Tim. I think oh, God, no. Good. Then I have to do my hair. <laughs> I'm you do not want to see what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to do um, vodcasts for my day job and I will, you know, the first one I did, you could see my washing basket in the back and everything. You're right. There's definitely a level of appearance that you need to take care of that we haven't had to worry about today. Um, so, look, I this just want to say... I think it's good for our eyes as well because we're reading and everything so much. It's nice to give them a rest. I agree. Yes, yeah. So I really just want to say thank you so much uh, to the three of you for joining us today. Um, This will convert into a podcast replay. I'll be uploading it onto various podcast platforms uh, later this afternoon and then, of course, we'll be sharing it around Ozpol. It will also be linked to from the Politoscope site. That's politoscope.com.au. But thank you today, everyone, for joining us. So we've got Mel McCartney. Thank you, Mel. Thank you. Vic Rollison, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. That is a pleasure. We're looking forward to all of your shows. Tim, thank you also for joining us. Great insights, guys. I mean, again, you know, the depth of knowledge that we even, you know, that you gave today was just fantastic. So the next Ozpol Live show, I believe, will be this Saturday where, again, Ozpol member Trish Corrie will be hosting her show at 1pm. Uh, so keep an eye out on Politoscope and the Politoscope Oz hashtag for um, some updates on who's involved in that and so on. But thank you so much, everyone. This is uh, the launch show. Hope we did okay and very much look forward to continuing uh, doing this for you into the future. Thank you. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks, Denise. See you soon. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Gone.